I have to apologize because my English hasn't improved in five years. And I hope you still have the gift of interpretation. <laughs> if you want to understand a bit what I want to tell you. All the pictures you will see come from Payen's area. Close to Payen, the town where we are now. It's not a tourism presentation, but the scenery is nice, you'll see. And our house is big, so if you want to come, not all at the same time, but you... You will be welcome to come in Switzerland. It's a great joy for me to be with you and to be able to share uh, with all the members of Abka, well, many members of Abka churches, because you are very precious to us. Because we, we are, sometimes we feel a bit lonely in Switzerland, but knowing that we have you and you are praying for us and that you are... Uh, in a way, working with us, it's so important. I like this verse from, from 2 Corinthians 1.11, where Paul said to the, wrote to the Corinthians that they were helping together in prayer for us. Paul had a hard time in Ephesus. He thought he would die. And the Corinthians were far away from Ephesus. But he can say, you were helping us together by your prayers. And I want to encourage you to continue to pray for us. It's not nothing. Sometimes we think prayer is not so big. What can I do else? But prayer is the bigger thing you can do. (laughs) Because it is bringing us to the throne of grace. It is putting God into action in a way. For us, and that's the, the bigger thing we need. We need God, God's action more than you, in a way. But we, we like you, of course, and we appreciate your help. What we are doing, and what we understood, is that we have been saved, not just to be saved. But we have been saved to the praise of the glory of His grace. That's what first, uh, what Ephesians 1 says. And that's our aim, really. To live to the praise of His grace. To show, well, to the praise of the glory of His grace. To show God's grace to this lost world. Of course, it's only in heaven that we'll do that perfectly. But we think that we have to, to work on that already and to try to do as, to live as much as we can in our everyday life to show the perfect salvation in Jesus Christ and the grace of God to this lost world. Uh, lost world. And this is why we try to have a dynamic view of the church, knowing that it's also by the way we live that the world can see the grace of God. As Paul said to the the Thessalonians, For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith 
towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. And during this presentation, I'll try to give you an update of our ministry since the last GA where I was present, that was in East Morin five years ago. I also apologize, I also have to apologize, because since two or three years, I'm not anymore a national pastor, because I graduated. And uh, I have no, not anymore a room in the update. So I should be faithful sometimes in sending more news, maybe in the, in the weekly letter news that the, the, you send by email. But I received that, that letter every week and I thought, oh boy, I didn't send anything. And the week goes, goes by and I, I really, I'm really sorry because I knew you, you pray faithfully for us. First, I just want to remind you a few things. Switzerland is a very small country in the middle of Europe. It doesn't belong to EEC, and we praise God for that, because really EEC is a mess, actually. And we have only 8 million inhabitants, 26 states. You have many states in the state, but we have 26 states, very small states. Four languages, German, the bigger part, Italian, Romanche, that's a very small language on the, on, right, right there, and the French part. And since I don't speak German, I mean my work is in the French part, I am closer to you than to the German, because I travel ten minutes from my home, I'm in the German part, and I don't understand a word of what they say. And we're in the same country, but that's Switzerland. There are four Reformed Baptist churches, that's the 26 states. Some are Protestant because they had the Reformation in the 16th century. Some remain Catholic, they never had the Reformation. And you can go from one state to the other. We live just there. You see this little white thing? That's a, 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 re, a reformed state, but we're surrounded by feeble state, a very strong Catholic state, and that's it, the situation there would be more like in, in Ireland. But in our Protestant state, people don't believe anything. So, yeah. There are four Reformed Baptist churches, Payan, that's where we are actually. Neuchâtel, that's where I, I was too, because I took care of these two churches. I'll explain you what's coming with Neuchâtel now. Lausanne's church, that was the mother church, in fact, when we started the Reformed Baptist churches, when Stuart Elliott came to Lausanne, that's the way the Reformed Baptist doctrines came back. And that's the mother church. And Bill's church, quite a large church now, maybe 120 in attendance. It's a church that was, was broad evangelical and that is coming to the doctrines of grace. And there's still some way to go. But I mean, we have good, good links together and it's encouraging to see what's happening in that church. Uh, 
What's next? Yeah, what happened since, since 28, well, 2008? We, that's in Payan, that's the town of Payan. You see the mountain over there, but you need 30 minutes to go by car from Payan to the mountains. Not very far. We have been searching for well, a few years for a new building place because our place, our place was too small where we met in church. Two or three years we have been praying and searching and we couldn't find anything. And one Saturday evening a lady phoned me and she said, uh, can we come? We are two families. We want to come next Sunday, tomorrow morning to your service. And I said, yes, of course. If you are ready to be squeezed in a small place, you can come, because it, it was two families with children. So they came, and then she told me, well, we belong to an evangelical church, and our church is going to close. And we're searching now. Every, everyone has to search for a place where he could meet, another church in the area. So uh, she, she didn't come anymore after, after that, but anyway. But she said, and we don't know what to do with our building. And uh, it's not really in Payan, but it's only three miles away, well, two and a half miles away. It's not really far away. And so they, they said, Could you, uh, would you accept to, to rent it? And we said, okay, fine. Well, we, we'll think about it first. <laughs> and we thought, we prayed about it, and then we say, well, that's good. We can, we'll rent it. And it was really cheap, and uh, we rent it for one year. And after they decided to dissolve the, that church, and they said, we have in our constitution an article saying that if we dissolve our church, we have to give all what we have to another association having the same, same aim. So are you ready to receive our building? <laughs> so I said, well, we, we, we didn't think very long. <laughs> and we, we prayed, of course, but more praising than praying <laughs> and saying, God, thank you for this building. So... We received that building. You, you've seen it's not, it's not a very big, very nice building. But anyway, it's just what we need. We have, that's the church hall. We could go up to 100 people. Maybe that was a service on Sunday. That's the nursery. We have a small room for the nursery. A small room for Sunday school. And that was one Sunday, we had a baptism service, so we had some guests, and we, we could do the, well, the two young people there gave their testimony, and then we went outside in the garden to baptize. But it was raining, and since we don't believe in sprinkling <laughs> baptism, we had to put a tent over our baptistry. So, so we had a real immersion baptism there, yeah. The people were there, yeah. And uh, we thought, since we are not anymore really in the town, we should keep our small hole we had before, because that's really, really in the center of the town, and it, we rent it, but it's really not expensive. So we decided to change a bit what, uh, the, what we will do in that place, and we, we always have uh, windows like that, so... People, very many people in the town stop and read the Bible verses, and uh, and we decided to find a new use for our former hall, 
and we call it connection. It's uh, we have coffee place, a coffee place. We made it like that. Coffee place. We open it on Saturday, and we try to invite people in the street to come and just have a talk. And we we have a, we have some exhibition there. It was a pic, uh, pictures. But we have the painting exhibition. We'll try to have other exhibition to to help people to come in and to get get in touch with us. We also have a ladies' meeting, morning for ladies. Also more social meeting. Also to try to get to know new people. And there they they're having one activity every time. They will have having watercolor. They try to practice watercolor that day. The three, these three ladies are not from the church. The one there, she comes to Christianity Explored course, and she also go to a Bible study my wife is doing. But she's a French, French teacher, so she had contact with the other ladies who are not French speaking, and she brings them to us, so we see a little fruit, yeah. At Christmas, we had the Christmas carol afternoon. That was a way also to try to invite some people out of the church just singing songs. Sometimes we hear even in the shop at Christmas time and try to explain them what it is. The little children from the Sunday school were singing. I had a short preaching on the incarnation of Jesus Christ and I had of course some cakes, Christmas cakes after that. Yeah. We, the church is growing slowly not, it doesn't go very fast, but we are happy because we see really maturity coming in the people of the church. Most of them are really very regular in the in their attendance to the service, to the mid midweek meetings, and uh, they asked to have some some uh, training about how to raise up their children. So we had about uh, ten Sunday afternoon where I taught them how to raise up their children, and it was a very great time. We had, I think, eight or nine couples who came uh, to, to do that. Maybe just some news, some information about this couple. This guy, he's a policeman, and he had with one of his colleagues to stop once two, um, two car stealers who were driving very fast on the motorway, and his colleague killed one of these car stealers. And this made him think about life. And the whole life is short. And uh, then he said, well, he, he was in the state reformed church. And he went to his pastor and he said, I'd like to have a Bible study. And his pastor said, I don't have time to do Bible study. But a lady who knows me, she told him, oh, I know one. I'm sure he will have time to do Bible study with you. <laughs> And of course, he came and, and he had been in contact with charismatic people. And, uh, yeah, he, they were pushing him, uh, trying, you have to go out and give testimony and speak about the Lord and Satan is everywhere and all this stuff. And his, his, uh, his wife was a Catholic and she was very scared about that. And... When he asked for Bible study, I said, okay, we'll do a Christianity Explored course in your house. And uh, if your wife wants to come, she comes. If she doesn't, no, no problem. And there were two other ladies from the area. He lives just 200 meters from our house. And who came? And uh, 
his wife came the first time. And uh, I, uh, she saw that instead of pushing him to go out, go out, go out, I told him, no, 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 your first mission is your, your house, your wife, your children. And when he, she understood that, she saw that I was going the other way around. And she saw that her husband was taking more care of her. She decided to stay in the Bible study. And then after a few weeks, months, maybe a year, she really started to understand the gospel. And she was praying very often to Mary because she had heard that it was the way to pray. She read a good book on that subject. She she left up this praying to Mary. And now she really became a Christian. And both of them are going to be baptized normally in June. So that's good because they have many contacts with people in our village. So she's a pa- an artist, painter. And we had a painting exhibition in our small coffee place. And we invited people to start the exhibition. We had about 60 non-Christians coming. A few, well, a few couples from our, from our, our small village. The postman and the mechanical man, and that's so good to have these contacts with them. So we pray that we will continue to have this kind of contact through, through them. And pray for that because we'll have the baptism normally on the 2nd of June. And uh, they will try, I encourage them to, in, to invite all these people from the village and we'll see what, what will happen. We have uh, where am I now? Wait, I don't want to go too fast. Uh, yeah. We have actually just over 30 people in Pian, uh, 30 members in Payan's Church. That means about 60 people in the services with the, the children. And that's Neuchâtel. You, you, most of you know that I, when I left Lausanne's church, I was the pastor of two pioneer works, Neuchâtel and, and Payenne, and that's just crazy. I mean, well, I say that now, but it, well, we didn't have any other way to do it, because we didn't have more money, and we didn't have anybody who would be called to the ministry at that time who could come, but it's just impossible to to put up all your energy at two places, having a, well, 45 minutes drive between one and the other. So in Payan, I could just uh, help the church not to die <laughs> by a regular preaching of the word, by a regular Bible teaching during the week. But we really felt we, we were needing somebody to take over in that church so that it could uh, maybe grow, grow little by little by God's grace, of course. So, and the good news for Payan's Church is that since January of, of this year, they have a pastor there. The pastor is called Timothy Wenger and his wife Marlies. He was an elder in Bull's Church, and uh, his, he has always been longing about the ministry, but he had been in Bill's church under another pastor, uh, Jan Bert de Moy, who is there. 
And, uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we could talk to Timothy and he was ready to come over to Neuchâtel and have a half-time ministry in Neuchâtel, remaining 30% in, in, uh, in Bull's church and uh, taking care of uh, youth association too. So Timothy and Marlies, when we decided that, uh, when Neuchâtel decided to call them, uh, asked if they could come to Bremen, Indiana church for a practice of three months. They did that last autumn, and it was really good for them. Very good for them to, to encourage them in the faith, to see a Reformed Baptist Church live, and this, I think, will be profitable for them for, for the long time. Because, as I told you, Bill's Church is, is on the way <laughs> to reform itself, but there is still some way to go. And this pastor is a Dutch, well, he's Dutch, and uh, he he read all the great uh, Dutch theologians in the past. He he did, and then he came to the Reformed Baptist faith, and that's good. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, Gordon asked me if I could explain you, if I understood him well, if I could explain you a bit. How we managed to to uh, graduate in our in our national pastor program in six years, and I think it's important that I explain you how it worked for us, and that I explain you also that we are probably not a good example of what is happening in Europe, and I explain you why in a, in a few minutes. The first thing, I was a pastor in Lausanne, and Lausanne was supporting me. When we decided to plant two new new churches, we asked a younger pastor to to come in Lausanne and replace me. That was Regis. And we had Lausanne's church continuing to support me, and Abka with a gray uh, place there, who, who supported me about for maybe... 20% 20% of my salary. So, we planted two new churches, and these two churches, Neuchâtel and Payenne, were also involved in my, in my support, because I was working with them. And when Abcat support went down, little by little, it's not only one church, you see, who had to take over, but we had three churches that who, who could help one another, to take over what we lost when Abkar stopped to support us. So, we had these three churches, and it was a bit easier when you have three churches who have to raise up their amount of money than when you have only one pioneer work. So, that was mainly one, one important thing. And when Tim came uh, in Neuchâtel now, what happens is that the fourth church, Bill's church, decided to support him for 50% of his job. And the support that was coming from Neuchâtel here went back to Tim. So he has a full support because Bill's church and Neuchâtel church work together in this support. And what's happening for me <laughs> now is that I still have some support from Lausanne's church, but it's Payan's church, who has to uh, to raise up the amount of money today, uh, well, I mean this year especially. 
So just to show you that we, uh, we are not yet <laughs> graduate. <laughs> because we are still, every year, I mean, every year we have been fighting to, 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 to get into our budget. But every year we have been, we have seen the Lord providing. So we are not so scared. I mean, we don't know how it will work. And I don't tell you that to ask you for money, but just to explain you how it worked for us. And I think that's important for you to, to understand that we were four churches working together in this project. And this uh, will not be the case for most of the, of the other missionary uh, national pastors projects you will have in, in Europe. That's the third thing. Uh, and having said that, I also want to draw your attention to the situation of church planting in Europe. Because our situation in Switzerland is a bit different, or exceptional, I would say. We are, we have these four churches first. And uh, and we are the richest country in Europe. And uh, our, we have a solid economy with all the millions of dollars that Americans put in our bank. We have money to work on and not so much problem. We have only 3% unemployment because we have a very solid economy now. But that's not the case of most of the other countries in Europe. There's a big economical problem, actually. There are several countries which are close to bankrupt, like Greece, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Cyprus, Ireland, as our brother explained us yesterday. For example, in Spain, there are four. unemployment among the young people between 20 and 25 years old. It's nearly half of them unemployed. And I, even bigger churches, not Pineworks, but bigger churches cannot support their pastors anymore. Because the money cannot come in anymore. So I think you (coughs) (coughs) yeah um, and I heard uh, a few weeks ago from, from a Frenchman about the situation of one church in France. He said they have 25 members, only four of them have a normal salary. How, what can you do with that? I mean, so you see, we are not a good example <laughs> of what should, could happen in piney works in Switzerland. We are a bad example. Don't, don't look at us to think that it should work the same way in other countries in Europe. That's completely wrong. And the, the, on the other hand, there is also a big spiritual problem. This means that in piney works in Europe, actually, and unless there is a powerful blow of the Spirit, you cannot expect that Reformed Baptists will arrive in your church from nowhere. Because there is not such people in, in our countries. In some countries, you might have some broad evangelicals coming to the doctrines of grace. 
But for most of the people coming to the church, it will be non-Christians. More than that, often it will not be the richest non-Christians, but among the poorest of them, who will need help from the church before being able to be a help to the church. And when you have unemployed people who don't have anything to eat, who come to your pioneer work to listen to the gospel, what can you do? You cannot ask them to give money. You just have to help them to live. And that's the situation you, you see actually in, in most of the countries of Europe. And as you have all experienced, I think, it can take some time until a non-Christian becomes a generous Christian. You see, this means that even when a church grows in number by conversions, it doesn't mean that the money will increase as rapidly as the number of people in the church. These are some of the reasons why I want to encourage you not to consider our situation as the norm for all European church planting projects. It is not. And I think that if you want to see churches being planted in these other European countries, you must be ready to help substantially on a longer term project, probably. Now I close this financial parenthesis to present you some of our wider projects we have. Three years ago, we started to have one, once every year a meeting of all the Reformed Baptist churches on the Ascension Day. Last year, it was our church who organized it. We had a bit over 200 people coming. That means the members of the different churches coming. And we had a meal. Our church prepared a meal for the people there. It was not as fine as as we have here, but it was good anyway. And we had a speaker called James Hutchinson. I don't know if you have heard of him. He's an Irish man, and he's the principal of the Belgium Bible School now. And that's really encouraging what's happening there. It was probably one of the wider open Bible school in the French-speaking country. The, the former principal wrote a book on women's ministry, agreeing on that. So you have in several churches in Belgium, women pastors in evangelical circles. And this man is, is really Reformed Baptist. And he came over to, to well, to take over the, the, the ministry there. He had five very rough years with all the council of the, of the school. And sometimes he told me, after the council, I, it, I had ten days I couldn't eat. Because there was so much tension in the council. But what happened now over the, the years, all the members, the former members of the council resigned. And he has a new council now going his way. So he's happy. And we have many links with them. David Horn will go and teach there 
I think this autumn, I went there last autumn, and Regis was there before. So, and we had two families coming for practice in our church. It's really encouraging for us and for them, I think. And I think, actually, it's the only place where we could send some French-speaking people to, to be trained. So that, pray for him, James Hutchinson. He's faithful and he had a very hard time. Pray that they will have more students. He told me, I had a mail with him, I think yesterday, he said we have actually for the new year five students, but we would like to have more. So pray that they will have more students. Another project we have and in which many of you are involved and we really appreciate your help, is the sponsoring pastor project with books. Actually, through your generosity and many of the Abcat churches, we can continue to send four good books every year to 130 pastors. And uh, there are some books, J. Bridget, The Joy of Fearing God, Parker, The Sovereignty of God, Brian Chapel, Preaching, Knowing God from G.I. Packer, uh, All is Accomplished from Horton, and uh, Ted Tripp, uh, uh, Shepherd for His Heart, and yeah, God's Worthy, The Kingdom Revealed from Old Testament to the Gospel. And we try to sell, send good books to these men. Our only, well, uh, preoccupation is that it's people who read books. Otherwise, you don't need to send them books if they don't read them. And we send them to pastors, and we send them to, well, quite a few Pentecostal pastors. And we had very many feedback from these people. These books, you, ne- you don't see them in the, in the broader evangelical bookshops. So they don't even know they exist. They, don't, they can buy them. And sending these books is a very good help for many. And it's mainly because of your help that we, well, only in, because of your help that we can do that. And we really appreciate your, your help for that. This is the couple, before it was me making all the parcels and things like that. And it became quite a busy work. I had something else to do. And uh, this is the couple making all the books and sending every, well, making all the parcels and sending all these things. Here's a new deacon in our church. There are Swiss-German families. That's in, in encouraging uh, history. They, her, her daughter got married to a man, and they got into contact with one of MacArthur's church in Germany. So they said, uh, they dis- and they discovered the doctrines of grace. And this couple, through them, discovered the doctrines of grace. But they were living in the German part of Switzerland. So they said, where could we find the church? Where would they preach these doctrines? And they didn't find one in the German part. And they found us close to the border, but in the French part. And so they decided to move, change language, change job, just for the church. And it's very helpful, helpful family. It's really great to have people like that. This is, we still think about training men, and we had a ten men who finished a four-year study program. We have one Saturday a month, 
three courses during that Saturday, and it lasts for four years. Ten men who might never be really in the full-time ministry, but who will be preaching in the church, be elders, maybe deacons, and they finish this. You have team again here. This one is an elder in Neuchâtel's church. This one an elder in Payan's church. This one in Lausanne's church. This is Stefan. I'll talk about him in a few minutes. And we started a new, uh, with a new group in September last year, well, two, one year and a half ago. Younger men, but also encouraging men there. Yeah, and in the past two years, we had the privilege in our small church in Payan to see two men who, ke- who felt called to the ministry. With 30 members, to have two men, it's quite a good number. And, uh, uh, it, yeah, we praise the Lord for that, because we need new men into the ministry if you want to see God's work, God's work being spread and His word being preached. The first one is our son, Joel, and his wife. They look young, and they are young. Uh, he's, I think, 23, and she's 22. And uh, three years ago, he told me that he felt called to the ministry. And I explained to him about uh, the internal and external call, and uh, that it was important that the local church would recognize his call and his gifts. And uh, I explained to him, too, that I think I wasn't the good one to recognize his gifts, and uh, because he's very like me, I know all his weaknesses, and I'm fed up when I see them, because I see them in me, too, and he's kind of mirror to me, and we get like that quite often together. So I told him, we are in a small, pioneer work, I am your father, I don't think it's the right place for your gifts to be recognized. Go to David Vaughan. And uh, he went to David Vaughan, that's about two years ago, I think he spent... Uh, uh, yeah, more than two months with David and Hannibal's church, and he told me later, when I was going, I hoped they would see something not working in my life, so that I would not have to go into the ministry, because I know what it is, <laughs> having his father there. So, but that Hannibal's church really saw the gifts and grace in him, and they encouraged him to go on, and David won too. And uh, he had some good links with Gunnable's church. They are supporting them now, so they, they got married last summer. She is from Germany, and her father is also a Reformed Baptist pastor in Germany. And they went to London, to London Theological Seminary, to get trained there. And, uh, well, pray for them. They are thinking about a ministry in France. I know they have some close links with Grenoble's church, and the Grenoble's church asked them to go back this summer, already during the vacation, to preach there, and we'll, we'll see what the, the Lord will, will do, of course, in the future for them. The other one, yeah, that's Joe and Anne. That's their wedding last summer. The other one is Stefan, and Stephanie, 
That's good. It matched quite well. <laughs> Stefan is a medical doctor, and he's, he felt called to the ministry. So what I told him, as a medical doctor working 16 hours a day, it's just impossible to get more into practice into the church. So I told him, take a half-time job and uh, try to get some courses. So he, he started to, to have courses at RBS uh, in uh, Greenville with Bob Gonzalez on the website. He works really hard on that. And, uh, yeah, he, he's, he works well, and, uh, but he was single. And we had a, meet, a church meeting uh, two years ago, and uh, we evaluated his gift to know if we had to encourage him to go into the ministry or not. And uh, many people in the, in the meeting said, but we really pray for you that you'll find a wife. And I knew that the next morning he was flying from Switzerland to Bremen to meet Stephanie. Because they had met in a family camp a few months earlier, and Stefan and Stephanie matched quite well at the first sight. Some people already in the camp saw there was something coming there. So, yeah, so he, he flew here, and when he came back, he could announce us, your prayer has been answered. Because I start to date Stephanie, and uh, they got married last summer, here in, in this hall, in fact, and... Uh, yeah, they're expecting a baby now. <laughs> Question mark, that's the normal way of life. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Stephanie is really a great help for, for Stefan because uh, she, she, well, she is a mature Christian, peaceful Christian, and she, she really helped him well. Uh, and I, you see, now I have to be very careful about what I say, because when I, I have a spy, I mean, in, in my church, and uh, things go very fast, and sometimes John knows things before my wife knows them, probably. Um, just an example, on, on Monday morning, Aaron Oak asked, asked me if I, or proposed me, to fly in a small airplane from Dayton, Ohio, to Bremen. I said, wow, that's great, but I won't tell my wife because she will not allow me or she will be scared. So I didn't say anything. I arrived here, I sent an email. Do you know how I could get uh, from Dayton to Bremen? She said, I know. <laughs> she knew already because Stephanie's mother had sent an email to Stephanie who had sent an email to my wife. In a few hours, all of them knew. So... I'm quite scared now because uh, not, uh, it go, yeah, information goes really fast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Coming back to Stefan and Stephanie, uh, this I, it's information I give you for prayer because it's information we talked in the council of the church, we talked with Stefan and Stephanie, but not yet with the church, so keep your mouth. Uh, closed, don't send the information back. Uh, we'll, we have a church meeting next month where we'll talk about this project. We, we think, well, we, we will present, uh, uh, Stefan as an elder, to be, to be appointed as an elder in our church, 
and will already tell the church that we see him as a leading elder, not just an elder, but uh, an elder, yeah, a leading elder in the church, and will try to tell the church that they should be ready to leave us go, maybe in two years' time, or like that, to, to plant a new church. That's our way of seeing things. Having the less mature pastor, well, he's mature, but I don't, yeah, the less experienced, I would say, pastor to be in the, the more mature church and the more experienced pastor to go on. So we'll, we'll explain that to the church uh, in May and we hope to appoint Stefan as an elder in September probably. And he already teaches quite often. He has the confidence of the church. And we really see that things fit. I mean, uh, it's so clear to me. So that's really good for us. And we, we are very happy about that. So this means that probably that by the end of next year, we might be ready to go on and to find another place. We are already thinking on the... Yeah, my wife said, oh, but if we go, we have now our little, our grandchildren, that's a boy, Loic and Naomi, his wife, our oldest boy, and, and uh, Silva and Julie, they're expecting for June. They're, they're, Silva and Julie are in, are in our church in Payan, and Loic and Naomi are in Bill's church, involved in Bill's church. And Silva and Julie are very close friends to Stefan and Stephanie. And that's good. I mean, they have good fellowship and they, they live a bit the same experience with this expectation of babies. So that's good for Stephanie too, I think. So my wife said, oh, but we are going away. But I told her, well, think about our brothers in America. There are not so many of them who have their grandchildren two hours drive from us, from them. And in fact, that's what we would have, only two hours drive. We, because we already have some contact with the church here, oh, that's wrong. I don't know what happened. This should be there. <laughs> I don't know why it moved there. <laughs> yeah. It's in France, but very close to the border, right there. Yeah. So, we have contact with the church there. It's a church that was quite a big church, but over the years they had many problems, and it went down to maybe 20 people. And uh, they have two elders who really now understood the doctrines of grace and said we need an experienced pastor who will preach and lead the church in this direction. So we said, well, if you are patient, maybe we could be. If you are patient, nearly two, two more years. And I already, I went twice this year. I will go two or well, three more times this year to that church preach and start to, to have more contact with them, they will speak to the church about this project in September, we think. So pray for, pray for this project. It's called Mulhouse. And this could be, you, you see, this could be a, a good uh, work well with David Vaughan, because we have, oh, 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 yeah, we have four churches here, David Vaughan planted Grenoble's church, then he moved to Aix-en-Provence, he moved south. And this way we would move north, and we have kind of link between these churches. 
It's about every time two hours drive from one to the other, and it's not too bad. I mean, it should be, it should be fine. And, uh, yeah, pray for this project. Pray for David Vaughan. It's not so easy in Aix-en-Provence. It's one or, or the more expensive town in France. So it's very hard to find a place to meet, very hard for them to find a, a house to buy. They sold their house in Grenoble, and I think they would need twice as much money to buy one in Aix-en-Provence. So really pray, pray for them. They need to be encouraged. What was encouraging about David is that uh, when he came, there is a, a, a Presbyterian seminary linked to Westminster in Aix-en-Provence. And when he came, they, they introduced him at their, their opening day. There were many people from the place. They introduced him as a new Reformed Baptist pastor, being planting a church there, and giving, he will give some courses on the pastoral life in, in the seminary. So it was a, quite an open door for all these Christians to know that this Reformed Baptist was not just a crazy man starting a little thing on the corner, but that he was accepted by the seminary. And that, I think, was really, really good. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, just to close, we desperately need your prayer. Continue really to pray for us. It's so important for you, for us to know that you pray and to come here and see all these people saying, we've been praying for you. How is it going on this subject, this subject, very precisely? That's really warm our hearts and we need that. So, thank you very much. Yeah.